Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. If you live or work on the peninsula, you undoubtedly spend a lot of time on one particular road. El Camino Real runs the length of the peninsula between San Francisco and San Jose. Nearly the entire way, it's lined with businesses, apartment buildings, and offices. It was actually once part of Highway 101. Now that name, El Camino Real. Translated from Spanish, it means the King's Highway, and it implies a regal history. Legend has it, it's an ancient road built by the Spanish to connect their 21 missions along California's coast. But is it true? This is Bay Curious, I'm Olivia Allen Price. Today we're searching for the real story of El Camino Real. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. KQED's South Bay Arts reporter Rachel Myro hit the trail with this week's question asker. We met at Mission Santa Clara because this story dates all the way back to the Spanish colonial era in California. My name is Debbie Torrey. I live in Campbell, California. Torrey asked Bay Curious the question, 
What can you find out about the El Camino Real history? My name is Robert Sankiewicz. I'm a professor of history at Santa Clara University. Sankiewicz is the man who can answer that and then some, starting with the perhaps surprising truth that there were many El Camino Reals all over the land Spain used to control in the New World from 1769 to 1821. Royal roads, that was what you would call the main roads in any particular area because technically all of this belonged to the King of Spain. But wait, I read on Wikipedia that this El Camino Real, the one in Silicon Valley, is part of the historic Mission Trail, an ancient road that connects the Spanish missions like a string of pearls along the California coast. Also, I'm pretty sure I heard somewhere, possibly in school, that the distance between each mission is supposed to be about a day's journey. What happened has to do more with Southern California than it does with with Northern California. Uh, By about the 1870s, you get more and more Anglos, Americans, coming into Southern California. And the the Anglo population really increases uh, with the arrival of the railroads in Los Angeles in the 1880s. Now, in America, there's a rich tradition of just-got-here-yesterday people concocting romantic origin myths. And a number of influential Southern Californians wanted one of their own. They looked around and saw crumbling Spanish missions, 21 of them, stretching from the Mexican border all the way north to Sonoma. Here's the story as told in a 1951 promotional film for Greyhound buses called Freedom Highway. It's the same road the Spaniards followed almost 200 years ago. Only they call it El Camino Real, King's Highway. Try and imagine how it looked then. You mean, with Spaniards on horseback? Of course, what was really going on here was the enslavement of local tribespeople who were reeling under the impact of European diseases, forced religious conversion, and the destruction of their entire way of life. Not that our question asker, Debbie Torrey, or I learned much of this in the fourth grade, which is when a lot of California schoolchildren study the subject. You're right, they did glamorize it, thinking it was uh, all wonderful. The mission pass that they construct was a fantasy pass. Um, Heroic missionaries, happy, contented Indians, fandangos all over the place, you know. The Spanish, you know, often enough you read in textbook that they blazed trails, but they didn't blaze trails, they followed trails that had already been developed by the indigenous people up and down the California coast. But at the turn of the 20th century, few people wanted that version of history. They wanted something fun, happy, exotic. Groups like the Landmarks Club and the Native Daughters of the Golden West pushed to reframe a collection of dirt roads into a rediscovered King's Highway. And and the Automobile Club of Southern California kind of decides this fantasy past is a great way of getting people to buy and drive automobiles. And so what they do is they begin to push the notion that there was one central road, which they named the El Camino Real, that connected the missions. They began to push the notion that the missions were located uh, a day's journey from each other, you know, which kind of, when you think about it, makes them motels rather than what they actually were, agents of assimilation of, of, of the native peoples. So why did Northern California play along with this Southern California fantasy? Sankowitz says the concept caught on with wealthy Californians, like Jane Stanford, wife of the railroad baron Leland Stanford, and wealthy Catholics like San Francisco Mayor James Phelan. They wanted the Spanish missions restored to something like their former glory. A lot of them were in really 
sad shape. If you look at pictures from the 1860s and 1870s, the missions are, are crumbling. Consider this. If the Spanish Revival Movement had not happened, we might be looking at a string of ruins along the California coast. Standing inside the sumptuously renovated Mission Santa Clara on the modern-day campus of Santa Clara University, Tori agrees. I'm actually kind of speechless in here. It's, it's just magnificent. I feel like I'm in Europe. Then we hop in a modern-day car and drive a half an hour to Mission San Jose, which is actually in modern-day Fremont. Think of it as a mini-mission road trip focused on the South Bay. And here in Fremont, we find one of the most historically accurate restorations in the California mission system. And the on-site museum is not to miss. Debbie Torrey grabs a fact-based map of the missions from the gift shop. So, so Debbie, do you see yourself going on a mission tour after this? As a matter of fact, yes. Tori took her kids on a mission tour like this years ago, but told them a lot of stuff she genuinely believed that turns out to be bunk. Her grandkids will get the truth. But Rachel, I still have a question. So every now and then when I'm driving along El Camino Real, I will see a shepherd's crook on the side of the road. And from the crook hangs a bell that I have been told uh, marks this historic trail. Are those, what's the deal with those bells, I guess? Those also stem back to the same period of time when people first came up with El Camino Real. Uh, There was a wife of a foundry owner in Los Angeles who conveniently suggested that she could manufacture these handy bells that were sort of reminiscent of uh, the Spanish era up and down the new route that they had just created, Mrs. Armitage C.E. Forbes. And uh, in 1996, Caltrans decided to resurrect the bells. Uh, So you'll spot them one to two miles apart on a variety of state routes because, of course, there isn't one route. Reality, fantasy don't quite match up. Um, But But at this point, our taxpayer dollars have helped to feed this fantasy. Yes. Well, the taxpayer dollars helped to feed it the first time, too. So people are making money off of this. Yes, this is a a $2 million testament to the enduring appeal of a made-up version of history. Wow. All right. Well, South Bay Arts reporter Rachel Myro, thank you so much. Thank you. We have a video about the history of El Camino Real on our website, baycurious.org. It was produced by Adam Grossberg. Be sure to check it out. We also just put up a new voting round. Here are the three questions we're considering. Should we worry about eating produce from gardens polluted by ash and smoke from the wildfires? What was it like in the Bay Area during the Ice Age? How did eucalyptus trees take such a foothold in the Bay Area, and are we stuck with them now? Head over to baycurious.org to cast your vote. Bay Curious is made in San Francisco at KQED. I'm Olivia Allen Price. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play May's trivia game? Every month, we read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a cool prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, the world's longest-running pillow fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hi there, I'm Randa Adelfetta from Throughline. 
If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.